The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Narratives of Purpose. My name is Claire Morigande. I am a scientist by training, a TEDx speaker, and your host on this show. This podcast is dedicated to amplifying social impact by bringing you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people who are making extraordinary impact within their communities and around the world. So if you're looking for a program that showcases unique stories of change makers, stories of people who are contributing to make a difference in society, and at the same time, you want to be inspired to take action, then look no further. You are in the right place. Get comfortable and listen in to my conversations. My guest on today's episode is Anna Paula Tediosi. So fun fact, I share similar background with Anna because we both have a scientific training and we have both been life science professionals for at least the past decade. Anna, on top of that, is the founder of Birdhouse Publishing and Writing, which is a digital community for women writers. In this discussion, Anna talks to me about her entrepreneurial journey from owning a social club and co-working space for women in Zurich, Switzerland, to becoming a writer. Please do take a moment to give us a rating and to review our show on your favorite podcast app. This will help other listeners find our podcast and further amplify the stories we share on the Narratives of Purpose. For now, listen to Anna's journey and her mission to advocate for gender equality. So hi, Anna. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Yes. Hi, Claire. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm really happy to have you today and to have this conversation because we met already a few months ago and I've been meaning to have you on the show to share your journey with our listeners. And more specifically, we're going to speak a lot about your company, Birdhouse, and especially, you know, empowering women and your mission, if I could call it like that, for gender equality. And the other thing we have in common is we both have a scientific background and we both work in pharma. So first things first for our listeners, why don't you give us a short introduction about yourself? Yes, interesting. Um, my background, yes, I am a pharmacist of education. I am half Swiss, half Brazilian, and I've lived all my life in Switzerland. My main uh, work where I always say who is paying the bills, it's really pharma. So I have a and 10, over 10 years in the pharma industry. But I am also very passionate about gender equality. This has been since, yes, over than 10 years. And it only has like a side hostile activity concerning, you know, gender equality and women empowerment. So um, it started with um, NGO, women NGO, like I was in the board of the professional women's group, then I became the president. And at a certain point also, it was not enough for me. So I decided to buy a business, which was a co-working space for women. And I'm still developing activities with Birdhouse. And beside all of this, I'm also a mom of two. I am married and um, I could say they have the quintessential life on the suburbs <laughs> with the two kids. On top of it, I work full time and I, I have a side hustle, which is Birdhouse. 
So tell me, you know, if I start by the beginning, where does this passion comes from, you know, where you say, you know, I do have my job, obviously, and you have your side hustle, but this is really your, your also your passion. You want to empower women. Where does that motivation come from? It was very like um, unplanned, of course. So I was reading one book, Career Advice for Ambitious Women, and it was really like over 10 years ago. And when I was reading this, I really understood the difference because we, we as a women, we needed kind of an extra book to tell us how to embrace ambition and how to move on. And then let me to also start networking, uh, entering the professional women's group in Zurich and starting to have all those conversations around gender equality. So the more I was... Uh, into the topic, the more I understood that we needed to do something so that uh, there is a gender pay gap, there is uh, plenty of gap between women and men. And um, and from a career perspective, I was, was shocked. I'm like, oh my God, I mean, I already am starting with like uh, almost a handicap because I'm a woman for my career in pharma. So everything was summarized together. So, and of course, the moment that I started to network, with so many amazing women, I really realized how much talent there is outside that is not fully um, exploited and the potential. And then I get involved in the um, women NGO. Then I became really the president of the professional women's group. And that, of course, opened my like my life, my eyes to, to the topic. And since then, I am passionate, meaning that I've dedicated so many days and, and weeks and hours volunteering for the cause and of course then it shapes completely the way I am the way I am a mom and the way I'm also running my career in pharma. So you mentioned volunteering and you spoke about the professional women's group you said that you have this side hustle as you call it which is birdhouse and you owned that in the beginning so my understanding is that you bought this and it evolved into something else so it started as a social network for women correct? And now you're writing and publishing books. So you're encouraging women to write and publish books. So walk me through how that started and how that evolved to what it is today. The founder of the Birdhouse co-working space, Birdhouse Social, she approached me and she told me that she wanted to uh, leave the country because she wanted to go back to US. And she was selling the, the business. And, and I was kind of, oh my God, that looks like the perfect business for me. And so after assessments and also with my husband, of course, I decided to buy the co-working space because I had already in my head like a very clear vision of what I wanted to do. And Birdhouse looked like the best way to kind of jump into this and then really develop my ideas that I had for Zurich and also for Switzerland. Um, and also giving me the freedom to not think too much about, you know, branding and things and positioning that I really am not strong at. So all of that was already done. So I was really buying the business and then creating a, a concept and a um, purpose that was really fitting what Zurich and Switzerland needed. Then COVID happened. <laughs> like one year after I bought the business, COVID arrived and uh, the business was mostly based on meetings, uh, events, women working together within meetings. So COVID basically crashed. I also was looking for investors and everything. So I was in the right path. Uh, but also because I'm a pharmacist, when the COVID arrived, I realized very quickly that it was not here to stay like three months. So I knew it that it would have been like... Um, a pandemic that would have lasted for years with huge consequences. 
So very quickly, I closed the co-working space. And in the co-working space concept, I was basing my concept on, on two things, on two pillars. One is really developing women with several workshops on communication, investment, finance. So I was very um, organized to kind of provide a big like concept of, okay, you as a professional woman come here in Birdhouse and then you can find all the resources to kind of bring you to the next level of your business or career. That was the idea. And I was really on the right path for that. And the second part of the co-working space for me was nourishing women writers because I am a writer. At that time, I published one book and I rec- I remember that um, there were really kind of a lot of writers around. So I started um, a full concept about Birdhouse writers. Very quickly, I got like 12 women in the group. We were discussing how to write a book, how to publish. I realized also that um, there were a lot of uh, misunderstanding around the topics. So I started to have a series of events. Those two pillars of the birdhouse was they were super interesting, but of course, one was absolutely based on meeting people, the other not that much. So when I closed the co-working, birdhouse writers remained because there were no need to have a space. So we, we could actually meet anyway digitally. So, and then uh, very quickly I said, okay, you know what? I, I really just changed the concept. So let's transform Birdhouse co-working space into Birdhouse writing and publishing. And then I keep driving it on a digital setting. And despite the COVID, actually, this initiative was flourishing. So now after two years that I closed it, I still have like, you know, I have helped over 20 women with their books and their publishing. I'm still doing it. I'm still doing workshops. And this is now what, what the side story is about. So it's really now focused on young women writers. Of course, this needs to be also sustainable with my lifestyle, which is a full-time job in pharma, plus two kids and a husband. So now I... After all this time, I think, okay, now I really found a sweet spot where, yes, I kind of combine everything. So speaking about the sweet spot and how you support this group, um, tell me more, but in detail, how does that work? In practice, let's say, you know, I have this amazing idea because I'm doing the podcast, I'm listening to so many great stories and I want to write something about it. So how would that work if I want to join a Birdhouse Writers Group? I always start with um, a little assessment of an half an hour. So with whoever has this great idea, because I want to understand, okay, where this idea comes from, what is this? And, you know, also get to understand most of the time, really the idea great. So I can say, okay, let's work together. So, and then it start with one hour and a half, two hour of individual session where I really go through the birdhouse method. So those first two hours really is a pillar about, okay, let's sit and discuss about what is your book? What is your uh, idea? What is your audience? So really the basics so that somehow after two hours, there is kind of a plan. After that, um, if there is place a space in the accountability group, then I squeeze the, the new writer into one of the accountability group because I have two. Uh, we meet every second week. And then during the, the evenings, because it's an evening, during those sessions, we go through different exercises. When we start, of course, it's mostly about writing, motivation, outline, shaping your concept. 
then of course when the writing is done is going to be exercises on editing self-editing and how the strategy is this and then after that is going to be more discussion about okay what are the options for publishing so the group goes grows together the project evolves together so because the group help you kind of to keep track and then be accountable and so far after one year in this moment i kind of do cycles of one year accountability most of the women that are with me one year after they are all in a stage where they are looking for publishing when we go to the publishing options i also have plenty of material there i have published myself two books in two different ways. i have helped other women to publish in also different ways so there is plenty of discussion on that level too i'm not very familiar with the whole you know publishing and writing um scene but what i understand is that publishing is not always easy and some people go also to the self publishing uh, approach Can you talk about that a little bit? And do you support publishing as well from Birdhouse? When I changed Birdhouse from co-working space to writing and publishing, one, and it still is, my main goal is to kind of create a publishing house. That will be the dream. In this moment, what I'm doing, I am guiding women to find the best way of publishing. So there are plenty. I usually categorize this in three. There is self-publishing, there is uh, the e-breed model, and then there is the, the classical publishing house. And my message is always, it's there is not good or wrong. It really depends from the writer's objectives. Everyone has his own objective. Someone needs recognition. Someone needs to have the book very soon because there is a deadline. Someone need the book because you need to promote a business. Someone need to promote your coaching. Others, it's a side hustle. They say, okay, look, I like to write novels and I want to continue. So every writer has very different objectives. And when we understand this, then we can guide on the best way to publish. And now it's it's a wonderful moment because there are plenty of options. But also, it's not like every option is good for every writer. <laughs> and this is where also my initial two hours goes into and where also on the accountability group, we talk a, a lot about that. And in my experience now in the last two years, I have plenty of different options that the writers choose it. And it's not like, okay, this is was not good or not. I have writers that have landed um, a publishing house deal other that absolutely didn't want it and went for an hybrid model, other they went full on on self-publishing because everyone has different options. And coming back now to you and your own books. So you said before you've authored two books. And before we go into especially the second one, because I like the topic about it, tell me first, you know, how did that influence you as, as, a, as a writer? How was the, the books received or how did that impact your work? Tell me more about that. My two books have very different stories. So my first book was um, like an emergency outlet. So I was pregnant. And as you can imagine, I am kind of a hyperactive person. And I, when I was pregnant at a certain point, I had early contractions and my physician told me, okay, now you need to stop and then you need to stay on the coach. If not, then you're going to, to land in a hospital. And for me, it was close to hell sentence. I mean, like, how can not stay? 
kind of quiet <laughs> on a sofa. That doesn't exist in my life. So after like one week of like, I said, okay, now I need to find something that I can do from my coach. And then I, that's, that's where it started the writing. So I started like write about this and so, and then I had plenty of friends that visited me because I could not go around. And there were a couple of friends or, or, or single that were telling me the most amazing story about their life as a single person in the city. So one day I'm like, you know what, I'm going to write about that. So basically my first book is about three people that are single in Zurich and they kind of have their life, this, and then something happens. This is how the first book was born. I left the, the book like for two years. I just had this draft without doing nothing. After two years, I told a friend and she was like, oh my God, you need to send me this because I really want to read it. And then after that, she told me, the story is great. You should really try to publish it. And then I started all the process, but the book was in Italian. All the process about, okay, finding a publishing house, right? And so it took like me four years from the moment that I kind of start to write until really I published the book. And my publishing method at that time was self-published because I tried in Italian to find a publishing house. It was super difficult. And as I said at the beginning, I for me, it was not important to be published by a publishing house. For me, it was important to have my book. So I basically decided by myself. It was a huge work to self-publish in quality because I didn't want to have crap. So it was really quality. It, it took really long to, to look for all the experts and a lot of research. That's why when I started to have birdhouse and discussing with the writers, I was so knowledgeable because I had like four years like of searching and finding way to do that. When then I was with the Birdhouse writers, everyone was writing a book and me not. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write a book or two. <laughs> and then I started to write a book based on, of course, my experience as professional woman, working mother. I had also blog posts from my blog, all the things. It was kind of easier. It was a different kind of book completely because my first one was a novel. And the second was a, is a nonfiction based on, on my experience as a professional mom. And um, yes, and, the, and then, of course, when COVID arrived and I need to close Birdhouse, I was in the middle of the book and I was like, OK, what I'm going to write now? I mean, this this is so, you know, you feel like a failure because it was absolutely not the purpose <laughs> to close to close Birdhouse. So it, it took really a while, like two, three months of writing block to kind of understand that I was not defined by failure or success of Birdhouse. It was just my story. And then I finally, when I kind of embraced it, I finished the book. And yes, and I call it Ambition Factor because at the end is, is about that. It's about ambition. It's about life as a working mother and deciding what is important for my professional life and, and helping other women to do the same. So to embrace the ambition. And that's what I like about the title of the book, actually. As you say, it's called Ambition Factor. And it's rewriting the narrative or the stories of working mothers and, you know, how to achieve your goals as a woman and the whole well-being. So first of all, how was that received by the public? Uh, compared to the other where basically no one knew it about a book. I mean, I basically was kind of, look, I have a book. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, my God, you wrote a book. This was the first story. The second was very different because everyone knew it, that I was 
working on it because it was very public somehow. I mean, the writers and so on. So of course, when you have this, the preparation, then it comes. So when I arrived, also, okay, it was still COVID. So you cannot do really a big deal of a book party, unfortunately. So it was very limited. Um, also, then I was uh, still working in the pharma. So I could also not too much spread the word because I still have a career to take care of. So that's also very challenging. But uh, I'm happy because it, um, it's great to know that I have published something that really is helping. And uh, it's helping a very clear target group also. It's not like any kind of women. I am speaking about, you know, women, they are high educated, they have small kids, and they are kind of in the situation where you don't really know any longer. Okay, should I really be a mom only? Or if I do, if I'm too ambitious, if not a good mom? how I'm perceived and depending from the family and, oh God, now I am too exhausted. So that target group is super specific. And I'm speaking only to those women and those women that write in the book exactly are providing me the feedback. I was, yes, thank you. I was, I needed to read this and to understand that. So do you consider that you achieved your goal, what you wanted to do with this book? In a way, the content I'm happy and uh, the way I've published and so on also because I, I went from a, a semi-read, so meaning that there is a publishing house behind. Unfortunately, it's not Birdhouse Writers. <laughs> it's not my publishing house, but it's already the first step. Um, but at the same time, I, I had uh, full ownership of the content and the design. Um, so the, the objective still not attained is like the number of books that I want I wanted to sell within the first year, but also because um, you make a lot of plans and then life goes along. And for me, it was kind of my my career in this moment is very demanding, and I need to focus the year. So it's not like I can really focus that much now in the book, and also I prefer to focus more on Berdas writers than my book so I have plenty of priorities so I needed to um, to rank them accordingly and unfortunately the book is not the super high priority now the good thing is that a book doesn't expire so it's there I'd like to understand also your perspective and how you see the future, so to speak, because you spoke about, you know, women having careers, highly educated and then families. And then it's always a question of, you know, where do I, how do I balance things? And my take is also that, you know, there is a certain degree of influence from society, from the environment. So if I consider your book, do you think at some point you would be also able to add into that discussion with, with your book and the stories that you share in your book? on how we can evolve, you know, awareness, mentalities and change the mindset. Yeah, so there is a chapter actually on the environment that a woman is. So that there is a full chapter because this is crucial. So your husband, the country you live in, and even your employer or the whatever profession you have chosen, they have major impact on your ambition and the way you are driving your life as a mother. So if you have a very understanding husband like I have, it's completely different if you have a husband that actually thinks that you need to do everything by your own at home. Um, the same if you have an employer, like we work in pharma, that's amazing. The majority of the big pharma are very understanding now. We can have flexible work, home office. Uh, when you come back from maternity leave, you can actually you know, negotiate time. 
Plenty of women are also doing great careers in pharma. So if you work in pharma, it's maybe easier to embrace your ambition than maybe if you work in an engineering company where 80% are men. All those factors plays a huge role. And I speak about this in the book, because even if you embrace your ambition, it's not like, okay, now I know and I can move on. So it's not about that. It's about, okay, you need also to have an assessment about what is around and your contribution to change this is crucial. If you are in this um, engineering company, 80% men, it doesn't mean that you need to just comply on the rules. You can be the first one to discuss with the management and HR and say, okay, we need to kind of move on and come into the new era of work flexibility and so on. And the majority of the dead in the company are going to embrace it because they are going also to take advantage of it. So there are plenty of things that somehow the environment, it's important, but we also are key to shape the environment. Most of the women, they start their professional life with so much objectives and goals. And, and then at a certain point, this, this stops. And I am my, my question at the beginning of the book is like, what happened? I mean, remember you when you come out from university, where were your objectives? You wanted to save the world. You want to, I don't know, win a Nobel Prize. You wanted to become a CEO or you wanted to become the best mom in the world. What was your objective back then? And what's happening now? And then do an assessment analysis. And doesn't mean that, okay, oh, my husband is like this. Uh, I live in a country like this. I mean, Switzerland is not an easy country, for example, for ambitious women. Absolutely not. Doesn't mean that you cannot be one. It means that it's going to, take more energy to kind of shape your, your career. Those are all elements. And um, I am a strong believer that everyone can contribute to the change. So you don't need someone else to do that. You can be the first one to start the conversation. That's great. It's a good um, mindset, I think. And as you were saying, Switzerland is not easy, which sometimes, you know, when I speak to people, they kind of think, really, is Switzerland so conservative? It's true that, you know, even speaking about childcare, you know, it's not that easy as well. So a lot of people that I know as well who are highly educated had to at some point work part-time because they had families, they had children. And as you say, this is something to take into consideration in your environment, right? So every environment is going to be different. And sharing those stories and writing those books is also um, contributing to the discussion. Yes, it is. And then also sharing the stories in books or blog or podcast is mostly that you understand that you are not alone. So what I was, and I'm still living as a mother of small children, this is shared across so many countries and so many women. And of course, uh, there are countries that are a little bit easier. If you go in from the Nordics, you kind of see that the system is happy. That it's easier, but maybe we are just behind of 10 years. And if we do the right decision now in 10 years, a new generation of women with small kids are going to benefit from that. And then we are going to see the big change afterwards. So for me, it's only about, okay, there is a, a concept about myself as now what I need. But there is also the other concept, and this is where the mission comes in about gender equality. The other point is about, okay, what I can do now that the next generation women, maybe in 10 years, are going to have easier. Because there are 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there were women that done 
some activities that now enable me to do what I'm doing now. So this is like, you know, the, the two difference. One is about, okay, what I can do by myself for me and my family. But the other is all about, okay, what I can do really to change the system. This is slow changes, but everyone contributes. That's really great. And it reminds me of one of the quotes that you have on your website, which I really like from Martin Luther King Jr., which says that the life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And from what I hear, this is exactly what you're doing, right? Yes. And everyone needs to find this mission. And I also think that because there are people, like, yes, why only gender equality? I'm like, look, whatever the mission, it's good. If for you is the plastic into the ocean, go for it. And if for you is saving the koalas, go for it. And if for me it's gender equality, I will go for it. It doesn't matter what is the things, but there is something that we can contribute. The world, it's, it's beautiful, but there are plenty of problems. So focus on one, focus on that one, and then you can contribute. Find your, your purpose and your mission and go for it. I like it. <laughs> one question I was wondering is, you know, do you have an advice or something that you would like to share with our listeners? Because as you said, you're hyperactive, if I can put it like that. <laughs> You've done so many things and you're very successful at how you do it. Do you have an advice that you'd like to share? Something that has helped you throughout this journey and still something that you consider that is supporting you moving forward? Yes. So, of course, I was not always that confident like I am now. So it has been a long journey. So I would say that the first thing everyone needs to see is really about, okay, what is your focus? I, I still have a strong focus in my pharma career. And I need to be also honest with myself. I'm like, okay, I love my job as a pharmacist and pharma, and I dedicated plenty of time to it. But at the same time, I have a mission which is gender equality. And I need to come to, you know, to a moment that is kind of, it's fine. That's what I can do. And I will say to everyone, just sit a moment and see what it is. I don't... I don't like that much. Yes, find your passion. And so it's not really about that. It's about a combination. Not everyone can live out of the passion. I cannot live out of the gender equality purpose. I understood that. It's fine. I needed to dedicate a um, portion of my time. And at the same time, I love my job. So I don't want to kind of leave out my job for this. And this is probably the first, the most important thing about What is then your goal and your purpose in life in general? And then sit and focus on one or two points and go for it only that. And then consistency is the key. Because I have been like doing this for the last 10 years. So I'm, I'm now telling, yes, I'm helping women do this and books and so on. It didn't happen within six months. It happened within 10 years. And the same for my pharma career. I had, and I still have a very clear vision of where I want to go in pharma, what I like, and I work every day toward that goal. Doesn't mean that in six months, I'm going to achieve the goal. Maybe it's, it's going to take me five years. I like it. I like the fact that you say, keep your focus. And it also reminds me another conversation I had on the podcast with someone else who told me that one of the best advice she was given as an entrepreneur is to focus. Focus is key. I don't now I don't going to mix myself into environment initiative. That's not my purpose. 
Of course, I can contribute. I will speak with my, my children about it. I will be a, a very conscious citizen in terms of, you know, triage and waste and everything. This is going to be in the life. But I'm not going to contribute now on a big project on environment or climate change. So, uh, Anna, we're reaching almost the end of the conversation. For those listeners who know, at the end of the every episode, I always ask the same quick three questions to have a sneak preview into what you like listening to or what you like reading. Perhaps you have some books recommendation as an author. Let's start first by what are you reading right now? Two books I'm reading. One is uh, about blockchain, because seriously, everyone is speaking about blockchain. I have no clue. <laughs> and, I, and like, you know what? Let's take a moment to read about that. And I found a, an absolutely lovely um, person, which is, a, she is a Swiss woman, Emily Raffo. I need to provide her some credits on that. So Emily Raffo, she's Swiss and she's an expert on, um, on cryptocurrency. And she wrote a very interesting book in French about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin and stuff like this. In a way that for like person like me and you, they come from a completely different background, can understand. And the other is about breath work. I am a strong believer on meditation and mindfulness. I do this every day. I meditate every day. And the, the book, Mastering Breath Work, Dan Brulé, is helping me to kind of recalibrate my, my meditation techniques. The second one is, do you have a book, if you're still in books, perhaps music if you prefer, something that was special to you at a specific time in your life? And why? Yes. Okay. This is really a super feminist uh, inspiring book that I have. It's um, uh, from Isabella Lende, Ines de Mealma. She's amazing. Uh, she's a super feminist and also, you know, the socialist. She embraced really all the value that I like, Isabella Lende. Also, she's Latin American, which is also a little bit of my roots, even if she's from Chile and from Brazil. It doesn't matter. So I like a lot what she's writing because she always writes about strong women and beautiful, you know, colorful landscape. And um, Ines de Mealma, I think I was so passionate about it because it's really like in the 14th century, a woman that decided to kind of be herself and then almost become the hero of Chile because she discovered Chile. It was, it's an amazing book that I recommend to everyone that really like this mix between story and narrative and the strong women character. That's, that was kind of a pivotal mo moment because I was like, okay, when I grow up, I want to be or Isabella Lende or Ines. <laughs> that was kind of my thing. And in terms of ra um, mu music, I have um, a playlist in my phone is called Women Power, where all the anatomy of this, and I use that for workout or when i very stressed out at work and I'm like, okay, now I need a break. I put this work, this um, playlist, and there are all the usual things, you know, like Beyonce and Chiara with Level Up and Alicia Keys, so all, all the most uh, important, you know, Women Power anatomy, they are all there. And the third and last question, do you have an all-time favorite, something that you would like to recommend to our listeners? I think one of the books that helped me the most was uh, Option B from Sherry Sandberg. That was so much better than Lenin. I mean, Lenin, it's, it's Lenin, so we don't talk about that. But Option B was amazing. 
And I recommend like everyone to read this because that book is interesting because she speaks about she loved her husband. She was already the icon. She was already Sherry Sanderwick from Lenin. And I think the book there, it's for everyone to understand that, yes, you can be on the super high and be whatever. And at a certain point, you just crash and you need your time. And this book was amazing for that. It really helped me a lot. Thank you so much, Anna. It was great to have you. Thank you for having me, Claire. It's a lovely conversation. Happy also to be able to share my story and uh, advices. I think what you're doing is amazing. I was listening to some of your podcasts. I mean, everyone that you interview, it is like a wow. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you very much. And thank you for being part of these people who are, as you say, wow, because this is also part of uh, my mission, if you will, is to really share these stories and say that, you know, wherever you are in the world, whatever your background, you know, you can always be inspired by people who said, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to go there and just share those stories just to motivate others. So thank you for that. Thank you for being part of those people that will help others to follow their dreams, I hope. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. Bye-bye. don't know about you, but I still feel energized from this discussion. Anna is definitely leading the charge towards achieving gender equality in her area of influence. You will find two links in the show notes. Check them out to learn more about Anna and her work. The first one is for her personal website, AnnaJustAnna.com, and Anna is spelled with one N only. The second one gives you a glimpse into the Birdhouse writer's world. It's birdhouse.ch. And pay attention on the spelling. Birdhouse is B-I-R-D-H-A-U-S dot C-H. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you taking the time. That was episode number 36, a conversation with Ana Paula Tediosi. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you like our show, remember to tell your friends about it and share within your network. You can also connect with us through our social handles or our website at narratives-of-purpose.podcastpage.io. Until the next episode, take good care of yourselves, stay well and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios.